0: Glad you're here. Welcome to the Mission Manhood Podcast. I wanted to tell you a story today about sometimes things don't work out like we hope they would or that we thought they would, but end up working out perfectly as they should. That's the case of this episode of the Mission Manhood Podcast. I had a few people lined up to record and was excited about it and had everything mapped out the way I thought it should be. And for one reason or another, people had to reschedule or cancel. And randomly, I met Sean Cook online when he offered me some feedback about the podcast. And he ended his message by saying, if you ever need a guest on your show, I'd love to help you out. So I went to his Instagram account and checked it out and really loved what I saw and what I could see he was trying to uh, create there he's a men's coach but we ended up talking about mental health which is not what I had outlined I had come up with something different based on what I saw on his Instagram page and then later realized that it is Mental Health Awareness Month May is Mental Health Awareness Month so I'm just believing that somebody out there needs to hear this and it's a really important message and I love the way he was so generous in telling the details of his story. So I hope you enjoy it, and thank you so much for joining. Hello, and welcome to the Mission Manhood podcast. Today, my guest is Sean Cook. Hello, Sean. Hello. How are you today?
1: I'm... Doing all right for the amount of left turns that this day has taken already. But um, yeah, glad to be here.
0: The amount of left turns the day took.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been a back and forth day with a lot of interesting problems that I didn't foresee. So it's interesting, at the very least.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you're still smiling. So that's good.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, Sean, will you tell us a little bit about what you do or what your work is or what your vision is.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I I am a men's coach and I am on a mission to help men be better. The way that I do that is really helping men discover their inner world and say it really open their inner world up to the outer world so that all of these Dirty, dark secrets and mysteries that are within us come without us, and then they we are aware of them, and they don't control us. Right. I also run yeah. a men's group up in the town where I live, and yeah just just on the men's work train
0: what What town do you live in?
1: I live up in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is in Northern Canada, snuggled right up next to Alaska,
0: <gasps> really.
1: Yeah. It's still a little cold up here. In fact, it was snowing this morning and I live on a lake and the lake is still frozen. So we're still waiting for spring to fully arrive.
0: Well, I wondered when I looked on your Instagram, there were a lot of of snow and ice. And so I wondered if you were Northern. If you've seen any of my work or listened to any podcast, you'll know that I kind of focus on that too, like the inner work and what I call it is foundational healing, like going back and allowing yourself to see. I'm interested to know, how did you get there? How did you get to that point?
1: My journey into self-help men's work, looking at my inner world, started with, I would say, pretty close to a decade of pretty serious depression with suicidal thoughts, a suicide attempt, a couple of pretty close calls to attempts and then my brother actually joined a men's group and I had I had already kind of started reading some of the like inner work books but not really doing anything just being like oh that's good information I should probably do something with it after a couple of years of seeing my brother just become a better man I finally took the plunge and joined a men's group an online one with the specific purpose of doing this inner work and starting one in Whitehorse. That's kind of the short and sweet of how I got into it.
0: About what age were you when you when you decided to finally do something?
1: Yeah, so I was 32, I would say, when I really finally started taking action. Like I said, the interest was kind of there for for a long time, really, but it took me probably close to that decade before I actually took action on the things that I was wanting to.
0: As a mental health therapist, I know that historically people have felt some shame about that. You know, if it was a heart issue, they would go to the heart doctor. But when it comes to mental health, sometimes we try to hide it. And I think that's even more true for men, not all men, but I think it's harder because it feels like a weakness.
1: Yep, uh, absolutely. And it is probably the scariest and hardest thing that I've ever done is really seriously diving into these subjects with other men. It's not easy. There is a lot of shame, like you said, around not being strong. But then, of course, you start diving into it and you realize that by diving into this and by going into your world and Exposing those dark secrets to light, not only are you sharpening the sword of bravery to go there, but in doing that, you're also becoming stronger.
0: So it's like you're going after your own dragon.
1: I don't know if I would completely agree with that. Like, in my experience, it's a constant practice to keep going back and keep excavating. Like, I I think that the idea that I'm going to go in and slay something and be better is is a little bit misleading.
0: I see what you're saying. Could you tell us a little bit about coming out of the darkness? But it sounds like most of your 20s were spent in pretty significant depression.
1: Uh, absolutely and like for me it beyond the regular teenage angst and then into the like what the hell am I doing in the world of 20s. I also dealt with several pretty serious head injuries and one of the significant symptoms and one of the effects of getting concussions is being more prone to depression. And like I started out my concussion journey two days before I was 10 years old. And then by the time I was 24, I was up to like probably seven or eight significant taking a month or two or three off concussions.
0: Wow. Was that sports or?
1: Yeah, that was being very very active and very very competitive. So they were either from skiing, snowboarding, karate or the most the majority of them were hockey. And like the doctors back then would generally just say, "Oh yeah, just just rest until you feel better." And that was about the extent of the information that I got even up till maybe 5 years ago there really wasn't much information and support for just the common person. I would imagine, um, you know, higher level athletes and all of that might be got better care, but I was just told to kind of, yeah, take her easy. And of course the a lack of control over emotions made it. So mm-hmm. I would get pissed off and then I would want to say drink or smoke pot and doing those things just, Will worsen a concussion. <laughs> so I was doing all of the wrong things. And so really it, looking back, it's no wonder that I ended up in this deep soupy muck of depression for, for so long. And on top of that, I didn't, I didn't know how to support myself. And my friends also didn't know how to support me because we didn't realize that, Hey, it's actually a thing that we can do. Like I didn't even have the I'm calling it like the emotional literacy to realize what I was feeling half the time.
0: Yeah. I think that's true of a lot of people. They don't realize they're sort of barely treading water when other people are swimming laps, because that's mm-hmm. all you've ever known.
1: Yeah. You know it it's funny, even like even today I was listening to a podcast and the guy was talking about anxiety and like I've never Had anxiety attacks or anything like this, but every time people talk about it, "Hmm, that seems kind of familiar. And just like what you just said, he's like, "Yeah, I realized at one point that I just been living with like low to medium grade anxiety as my baseline. And if I had had an anxiety attack, though, the wheels would have just fallen off. And so even just today, I'm thinking like, I wonder if that's me as well."
0: That's so important to to recognize because we are so mean to ourselves. Like we all have that inner critic that's like, "What is wrong with you? Why can't you just get it together?" But until you take the time to really examine it, like, "Why do I feel this way?" and and dig into it, and maybe, like you said, have a men's group where you can talk and examine things. Is this normal? Is this what everybody's feeling? That's so helpful. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and like to bring that one step further with either a coach or a men's group, then you have, or a therapist, then you have somebody not only holding you and supporting you while you go to these scary places, you also have a different perspective who can ask you questions into the blind spots, whether willful or unconscious blind spots, to do the real digging. And that is so helpful to just have somebody else or a group of other people to reflect back what they see, what they hear, and then dig into your blind spots.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of our shortcomings are are super obvious and then other things we, we can't even see or fears or whatever the case may be to have somebody to help you see that.
1: Yeah. And like for me, I say that the most important regularly scheduled part of my life is my men's group. As I go there, and even if I don't speak, I learn a ton from all of these different perspectives. And I learn that, like you said, I'm not alone. Like there's other men, there's other people struggling with the same or similar issues and feeling just as lost as I feel. And then I can can also give them my perspective. And it's something that I often say is like, the best advice for us, is the stuff that we give other people, right? Because really we're talking to the part of ourself that we see in them.
0: Can you say a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, often in my experience, it is very challenging to be very blunt with myself and be very almost detail-oriented in how I pull things apart in me. And if it's someone else that I am trying to help because we're all there to help each other and support each other and be better together i can see all of these different things within them but more importantly is without me like it's it is that it is them that i'm looking at and then when i think about it later you notice that the things that just like in a partnership the things that make you the angriest about your partner is probably stuff that you're angry at within yourself. When you're looking at somebody else and you're saying, okay, yeah, this is what I'm seeing here. And then you hold that mirror up to yourself and, you know, maybe that night or the next day when you're kind of reflecting on the meeting or your coaching session or your therapy session, you're like, wow, those things that I said to the other person, those are the things that I need to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a practice that I've really started after every meeting and every coaching session I'll actually take notes either during or or afterwards and I'll read them to myself because I get so much value of the things that I say to other people. And I would be willing to bet that anybody who's listening to this podcast who has also helped a friend in need or given advice or asked some really good questions of something, if you reflect on those you're probably going to take some real gold out of them. I truly believe that, you know, we all have all of the answers within ourselves. I don't know if I could call us experts in ourselves, but we know ourselves the best out of anybody in the world. It's just a matter of allowing ourselves to truly be honest with ourselves and truly see ourselves. Like those are the scary places. Yeah. It's easier to go into them when you're reflecting someone else.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think we have everything that we need. It's more of an excavation than an acquisition. People are looking Mm -hmm. at it like it's something they're going to go get when actually you need to just go deeper within yourself like you're describing. Yeah. I wondered if you could, it's just occurring to me now that because you're in the men's mental health space and because you are a part of a men's group, if someone finds the idea of this appealing, how would you suggest that they start? Like, how do you find a men's group?
1: Hmm. I mean, there's almost an explosion of men's groups right now, which is fantastic. I haven't Googled online men's groups, but I'm sure that's a great place to start. But I know there's some some really, really good ones. I'm part of an organization called the Samurai Brotherhood, and they are basically an umbrella organization of I think close to 50 men's groups now. But there's also the Mankind Project. They're great. I believe Rising Man. I think Man Uncivilized is another great one. Um,
0: The K4 Men's Group, I think, is really good. It sounds like there are a lot of options. And I wanted to ask you about this, if you agree with this or not. It seems like there's different flavors focused on different aspects. And maybe if you find one that's not exactly the right fit, I tell people... This about therapists as well. Don't stop just because the first one wasn't maybe a right fit. If if they're more like spiritually based or if they're more outdoors based or
1: yeah, absolutely. Some men's groups like the one that I'm in are kind of indefinite men's group. We meet every week, and we're going to be meeting every week for hopefully years and years and years and years. Whereas some men's groups are like eight weeks or a month or 12 weeks, because we're going to dive into this subject, and we're just going to deal with that subject. Not only do you have to get a feel for the leadership of the group and how it's structured, and then also, yeah, like you said, the door that it enters into personal work through, right? Is that spirituality? Is that going outside and being outside with other men? Is that shadow work? Is that inner child work? Is that just accountability? Accountability is its own Own monster that I believe everybody, not just men, struggle with, especially in this modern world.
0: Yeah. So is your current men's group the one you hope to be with forever? Is that an online group or a community group?
1: No, it's a community group. Yeah. So we meet lucky enough, like where we live in Whitehorse. We are rural. So we have had a pretty easy go with COVID. So we've been in person for the most part throughout this. But I know many in person men's groups have had to go online for this. And I actually started my men's work journey in an online men's group. Whether it's in person or it's online, it's all good. It's all powerful. You're going to form incredible bonds with men that you never knew before or thought you'd connect on such a deep level. So yeah, I would encourage any men who are interested, just go out and try one out and like, give it a good try. Don't just dip your toe in. In my men's group, I actually tell people, hey, this is, this is at least a three-month commitment because the value comes from when you really allow yourself to go there. And sometimes it takes some time to get comfortable.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about brotherhood and maybe kinship. And it seems like that's kind of what you're getting especially with this group where you're saying I hope we're together for years and years that's that's family
1: yeah a- absolutely it is family it is brotherhood it is there is a a deep love that exists between all 12 of us and we had a man join two three weeks ago and he is part of that family already yeah even if he hasn't been there and hasn't seen the depths of each and every one of us, and we haven't seen the depths of him yet. He's still part of the family. That love extends to him as well.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think that exposing your vulnerability to people is so scary at first, but then the payoff of having a group of people you trust hold the space for you is such a beautiful healing thing.
1: It's starting to become a cliche, but vulnerability is strength. Like I said, kind of at the beginning, when you can go to these deep and vulnerable and dark places, you get stronger. Not only do you get braver because you're doing scary things, but you get stronger by becoming familiar with more parts of yourself. They, they give you more tools to be yourself. You know, the more yourself you are, the stronger you're going to be in society and as a man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you letting me dig into that a little bit. I hope it wasn't too tedious, but it occurred to me that if if people haven't experienced that, that information might be helpful for them, give them what they need to maybe try.
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I'm I'm on a mission to help men become better better men. And so anything that I can do, even if someone wants to get in touch with me and have a couple of reflections back and forth, man, like I just want to Spread the love, spread the strength that men can embody that is not, that doesn't have to be a threatening or scary strength and spread the fact that men can love each other and love each other deeply. And men can also love women deeply and not be in a relation, you know, a romantic relationship with them. There is so much power in that chosen family. So I just want to spread the word.
0: Yeah, so maybe just a little bit about you. I notice on your on your bio it says you're comfortable in the uncomfortable to listen to the truth and speak the truth, but it ends with I am ready. That's kind of open-ended mystery, you know?
1: (laughs) It is. And like to address the comfortable and the uncomfortable, that's where all the power lays. Man, if you can get comfortable being uncomfortable. Just watch out. You can do so much. That alone is the reason why I jump in ice water frequently. I wish I could do it daily.
0: I was going to ask about the jumping in ice water. It makes sense when you're saying you have to get used to being uncomfortable. And that makes sense to me now why you maybe do that.
1: Yeah, like it's getting to be a thing and the health benefits are getting to be widely studied and widely known. And for me, the health benefits are just icing on the cake because the, like the mental benefits and the, the fortitude that I get from it is just incredible. You're doing this small thing. It can be a minute. It can be 30 seconds. It can be five minutes. I know a guy who regularly goes 20 minutes, which is just crazy to me, but it can be this little thing And you know, you're going to be safe, right? Like if you turn your shower all the way cold, it's going to be mighty uncomfortable, but you're not going to die. But your body starts telling you, Hey, this is bad. (laughs) This is bad. And we're going to go into (laughs) fight or flight mode. But if you can just breathe through it and calm yourself down and say, you know what, body, I hear you and I know I'm safe, then you're going to be able to take that kind of bubble of ability and take it out into your regular world, like the amount, the ease of which I I will say they're never easy, but the ease of which I can go into difficult conversations now compared to when, before I started doing ice water and men's work and all of this stuff is incredible. Just the other day, I, I dropped the ball pretty bad on something. And it, it affected a fair amount of people. And so I had to walk into the big boss's office and say, yep, I screwed up. And I could walk in there standing tall. I could walk in there knowing that I had screwed up. And I really credit this to to the ice baths. <laughs> I could walk in there and face it and say, I'm going to be okay.
0: Yeah. I really love that. I I mean, I get it now. I I think just when I first saw it, I thought, why would you do that? But it makes complete sense when you explain it. And, I mean, it's kind of obvious now that you're explaining it, actually. that's That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It's just those uncomfortabilities that you get comfortable in to have a huge difference on your life.
0: Yeah. You have to get centered in your true self. And your practice is really kind of showing your mind and body who the boss is the practice of discipline over your mind and body, you start to use your mind and body instead of having your mind and body, emotions, passions, whatever, run your life. Now, I mean, it seems like you have a lot of good habit, food, exercise. Is that just an extension of that?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I've always been an active guy. I actually, as part of my coming out of the depression that we spoke about earlier, one of the things that I did was I made myself uh, what I call a happiness tracker. So it was just kind of like a calendar. There was a square for every day. In the morning, I would look back on the previous day and color it in a different color. I had five different colors depending on how my mood was. Everything from dark blue to bright orange. I would also take notes of different things that I did that I thought would affect my mental health. And for me, the biggest thing was exercise. And just seeing that and knowing that means that these days, like if I'm feeling crappy, Sean, you got to go sweat. Okay, let's go sweat. And that just extends to daily life as well.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of an example of of what I'm saying. You're parenting yourself. You're doing things that you might not necessarily want to do, but you know that that's good for yourself and you're nurturing and caring for yourself like someone you care about.
1: Yeah. And that self-love is so important and so difficult when you have spent a decade despising yourself and hating yourself and shitting on yourself. That is so difficult and so foreign. Like you hear so frequently, yeah, you just gotta love yourself. It's like, how do I do that? Like, tell me more. I would love to love myself, but I'm not there. It is so much easier when you do that, and you almost it's it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. For me, I needed to do the Practices that showed me that I loved myself before I could love myself. I, I needed to do the exercise, get the sleep, eat well, and do these things. And at the end of my journal every day, I still write, I love you, Sean. Have a great day. I believe it now. I didn't in the past. It's almost like everybody's telling you that you need to love yourself, but you almost need to start the practices of showing yourself that you love yourself before at least in my experience, before that really happens.
0: You're just walking toward it, but you don't actually feel it. Yeah. You're saying that was a difficult concept for you to grasp. What was your, I mean, how did you even know to start without the feelings? How did you know to do that?
1: There was a desire. It wasn't like, it was difficult for it to be a burning desire, I will say. There was there was a di- desire of like, I don't want to be here in this crappy situation where I feel bad all the time and that I just want to curl up in a little ball and let the world go by and I just don't want to participate in it because right now it feels too hard I didn't want that it was starting to listen to podcasts or read books and that's where the like I learned like hey you should you should love yourself and that's where it's okay tell me how Like I said, it took until I was in a men's group before I really started putting these things into action in a consistent way. It was easy for me to do good habits for a month or a week, or sometimes I'd even make six months and then I'd fall off. But having this constant reminder from the other men that I can keep going and that I get celebrated when I keep going. Like if I had a crappy day and all I did was get up out of bed and eat breakfast and brush my teeth. And I told them, Hey, that was my win. They're going to celebrate me for that. And that just feels great.
0: So you started out with just a desire and then you started investigating that. And then ultimately the men's group is what has kept you accountable.
1: Yep. I would say exactly that. And you know what, if you are able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do it by yourself, that's great. However, I would also challenge that. And I would ask this person who thinks that they can pull themselves up by the bootstraps, how successful they've been and how consistently successful they've been. Having other people support you is so huge and it is a masculine trait, to say, I can do this myself. It's the the joke that the guy doesn't ever ask for directions because he can find it himself. And that's quite frankly, that's BS. That's not true. <laughs> we are better together and you will make other people better by being together with them as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's interesting to me, that last thing you said, by being together, you also make others better. Everyone who's been through this sort of dark night and overcome it and they've come out, you want to help others. That seems like a common, a common thing. You want to then turn and help other people be better as well.
1: Yeah. And like, that can also be the beginning of the journey. If you want to serve yourself and you don't know how start serving others. Cause like I said, The advice that, in my experience, the advice that I have given other people has been exactly what I needed to hear. So, in order to start serving yourself, you can also start by serving others.
0: Yeah. So, it doesn't really matter where you start, just start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, you don't run a marathon by running a marathon. You run a marathon by starting with a couple of steps, maybe running two kilometers or five kilometers or just start and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Like that's how I made it through the depression. Even when it was really, really tough, just like, okay, one foot in front of the other. And some days that's all you can do is just put one foot in front of the other for all of those people who are having a difficult time and they feel like they are in the muck. I celebrate you like, good job. You are doing amazing. Just putting one foot in front of the other.
0: Amen. That's absolutely true. Well, I I really thank you for, for sharing all that, for just laying it out, explaining the process and giving some advice on those first steps to take will help some men maybe take action toward their own health and healing journey.
1: I truly, truly hope so. We've talked a little bit about celebration here in the last couple of minutes. Celebration is so huge. It's cheesy, but I tell all of my men, when you do something good, even if that's getting out of bed, mark it with a celebration. I give myself a little fist pump. Yes, you did it. By doing that, you're telling your body, hey, this is a good thing and I feel good doing it, even if you don't feel good in the moment that practice of celebrating yourself even in the littlest ways will build up and that's that's another first step that you can take
0: you mentioned that it might be cheesy or it might sound cheesy i think that people who have never experienced extreme depression or anxiety might not be able to relate it might sound cheesy but anybody out there who who is just under like in the undertow I mean, I think they'll really appreciate that message because I remember when I was going through it, I I couldn't, cleaning out the dishwasher was a huge day if I could get Mm -hmm. up and clean out the dishwasher. And I can't even relate to that right now, but I know I was in that for a while. And so I have a lot of compassion for that. I think you're absolutely right. Celebrate it.
1: Yeah. Crank some tunes and dance around. If you're feeling it, make it big too. It doesn't have to be small. Celebrate.
0: That's a perfect segue into what I wanted to end with. You have some dancing on your on your Instagram page, and I just thought it was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I just spent a lot of time talking about the divine dance. What I mean by that is making peace with the great mother or the sacred feminine. And I think a lot of people have work to do with their mother figure or the great mother or maybe a woman in their past that's maybe hurt them. And you had such a, a beautiful thing to say about actual dancing and how it it was a way to embrace your masculine side. And I wondered if you could say something about that, just kind of like our dessert here.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I could keep talking for hours now that you've brought up masculine and feminine energies, but as just a very brief thing, I see everybody as a mixture of masculine and feminine energies. And we need to heal both the masculine and the feminine dancing allows that to happen because as the masculine, a lot of what we are taught is leaders are a lot of the time assholes, right? You need to be the Winston Churchill who goes and is just a bulldog and plows through everything in order to be a great leader. And that's not true. Being a great leader is leading. And in dance, once again, just like the cold dips, this is a small action that you can take to practice being the leader. Once you get into it, you also understand that being the leader is also having a conversation. All it is is initiating a conversation with whoever it is that you're speaking with or leading as a company or dancing with. It's a conversation. If I lead my partner in, say, a spin, all I'm doing is opening the invitation. Hey, would you like to spin here? And maybe she'll say, absolutely, let's do this. And, you know, spin and be beautiful. And that's great. Or she might say, you know what? I like what you're thinking, but I'm going to do it just a little bit different. And it's like, okay, okay, I, I, I can see you. Well, let's try something else. And It is truly a conversation. Being a leader is also knowing when to follow. So all of this is, it feels so healing to both the masculine and the feminine within me. Within me, the the feminine comes out in, you know, you're expressing and you are allowing beauty to flow. My mission in dancing is to make my partner feel and look beautiful. However that can be expressed, I'm in. Let's do this. You know, I love to have fun and look good and all of these other things. But part of what the masculine embodies is being this container where the feminine can safely just go wild and be creative and spin around and That container is going to catch the feminine when she might spin towards the edge. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's just keep you here. We'll keep you safe.
0: I love what you said about holding the space for her to be her truest, wildest, freest self. And I think all men desire that Tinkerbell, that delight, that joy. And then they don't do anything, create the environment in which that can really thrive. And I think dancing gives you a glimpse into that. It's the boundaries and the rules of the dance that you have agreed to. Like you said, you might say, would you like to foxtrot? You might say, no. Would you like to two-step? Absolutely. And so you agree and then you enter that and there's certain steps, lots of creativity. I just love the one video that you have where you're actually dancing with your partner and the pure joy and delight that's on her face. It was just such a beautiful thing. I just think that that's a lesson. There's a lot of focus on the king and the warrior and not as much on the lover. And I think that's a real balancing act that everyone has to do is to balance all of those energies. And if you show me a well-loved woman, I'll show you a man I can trust. And I really see that in you. And I, I really appreciate that. It's something the world really needs.
1: Well, thank you very much for the, the kind words. And yeah, the, all the, the archetypes is another thing that I could spend eons talking about. And, you know, there's a reason why I believe it was the Greeks that would say, okay, you're going to be a warrior, learn poetry, and learn to dance first. Then you can touch a sword.
0: <laughs> yeah that's really important. Yeah, so it's such a, a a nice surprise to to get to know you and and to be able to talk about these subjects. It was kind of a surprise that we talked about mental health, and I think it's maybe just what we needed to somebody needs to hear. So I appreciate your willingness to go there and and telling me about your journey.
1: Absolutely, I appreciate you taking the time to do this and to put all the work in behind the scenes to put stuff like this out into the world and you're what you said is so true that if one if this helps one person even just say huh that was interesting then it's all worth it it's all worth it i I really appreciate you
0: well thank you would you tell people how they can find you or get in touch with you if they'd like to
1: yeah, so uh, I am on Instagram, and my handle is at Sean LD Cook, uh, and that's S H A U N, and then Cook with an E on the end. So I got all the irregular spellings. Or feel free to find me on Facebook as well. I on Facebook, I'm I'm actually Sean Nandi Cook, but I would love to connect. So even if you just want to reach out and say hi, absolutely, I'd love that.
0: Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again sometime. And I appreciate you being here today.
1: Absolutely. Me too. Thanks again for doing this.